Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. All right, we still got you, Rhett. I'm here, bud. Awesome. Life 107.1. Rhett, um, I am on your Facebook page right now watching you having an encounter oh, with no. alpacas. Wait, what? Yeah, you yeah. you say you're not scared, but I don't know. That scream sounds a little bit like the scream of a little girl <laughs> that's a little bit afraid of yeah. these animals. Let me tell you something. That thing came in my car window, and it was the most horrific fun I've ever had in my entire life. Like, I just started full body laughing, and it was out of fear. A fear laugh. It was a camel stuck his head across my lap and got the bowl of food. And I was like, man, I don't know if I've ever learned how to properly self-defend myself from a camel. (laughs) Hadn't done those lessons. We have a listener that called us once and told us that she went to southern Iowa to pick up two goats and an alpaca. And uh, she did not have a trailer to put them in. She put them in her Suburban. She drove hours from southern Iowa to central Iowa with an alpaca. His head was out the window of her Suburban on (laughs) I-35. Oh, my God. I'd love to have seen that. Yeah. We love to talk to our listeners about their encounters with wildlife because sometimes I think God just watches because he needs a good laugh. I mean, I think that's the reason he created some of the animals he did. You know, it's like, what what good does this animal do? And then you're like, oh, just for a weird encounter in South Carolina with me and my family in our minivan. It it makes Rhett scream. That's that's enough. Taylor just said that this morning on the the morning show. We were talking about if God didn't have a sense of humor, he never would have created a platypus. It's just a living punchline is what it is. It's just the cutest, ugliest thing you've ever seen in your entire life. (laughs) Basically. Hey, you're you're a preacher kid, right? Yes, I am. We were talking just the other day about the, the things that go wrong in church. My pastor's microphone got left on for the web stream during worship time, so I got to see and listen Here. to him try to match pitch and try to find the right octave. And my pastor <laughs> misspelled hope. He forgot the E at the end. Put your faith in hop. It's <laughs> a good movie, but All I my don't hop know is in Jesus. worthy of faith, yeah. I figure someone like you, being a pastor's kid, you probably had front row seat to a lot of church mishaps, right? Oh my goodness, yes. Uh, This was a good one, and it happened to my dad. And he had a guest speaker, like a preacher from another church was coming to preach. And my dad always mutes his mic, his pack. We leave it unmuted at front of house, and he mutes it. Then when he gets up on stage, because if he's feeling God's telling him to say something in in the middle of the song, he's able to come up and just unmute himself. Well, he gave said pack to the guest speaker, and front of house did the same thing that they always did. They kept it unmuted. Well, halfway through like the countdown before service, you hear... My dad walk into the bathroom where the, the no. pastor is using the potty. <laughs> and they're like, man, you know, been praying for you last night. It's going to be a great day. <laughs> and you just hear someone using the potty while my dad's going, I prayed for you last night. And so then I'm trying, I got a mental image like, oh, why are they hanging in the bathroom? <laughs> you never talk to someone while they're using the urinal. And then, I don't know if it's just me, but I felt like the whole congregation was waiting to hear if they washed their hands or not. <laughs> was like we better hear we better hear the bathroom sink going. You better. Or we are not shaking your hand out there. <laughs>
<laughs> okay, so um, Brett, I'm I am curious. I think all of us have a word. We call it a wild card word. That word that we use when we don't know the real word. Like, for example, talking about my son's car the other day and somebody was trying to explain to me what was wrong with it. And then I was trying to explain to another person what was wrong with it. And I don't know cars. And so I called it a, a who's a what or a what did I? You, you say thingy what? Thingy what? You say it's that a lot. Thingy what? Thingy what? That's my word. It's a thingy what? Yeah. And Taylor's word is? Dealy bobber. Do you have a wild card word? I think I just say, you know what I mean, Bo. <laughs> Like, I don't think I have a word. I'm just like, hey, we've got to fix, you know, the, the one thing we got to get. You know what I mean, Bo? I'll just say that. Who's Bo? I, I don't know. Whoever I'm talking to. I, I like, you know, I feel like Bo puts a good period on it. Like, it almost makes them feel like they should know what I'm talking about, and they get insecure if they don't. So I, I feel like, you know what I mean, Bo? Yeah. So it puts you on top of the conversation at that point. I can still walk out securely going, hey, I I told, and when my wife says, did you explain to him? I'm like, 100%. Oh, yes, I did. I said Bo. It's their fault. So do you ever say, you know what I mean, Bo, to your wife? Oh, I said, yeah, well, no, not Bo. But I I do say, you know what I mean, all the time. Your Highness, Princess, love of my life. No, she hates it when I say my hot teacher. I always say I'm trying oh. to kiss my kid's teacher because she homeschooled. <laughs> I mean, if I'm honest, I mean, we've been married for 16 years. I'm still just trying to, to kiss my kid's teacher. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a weird spot for someone to like come into the conversation and listen? Those are our favorite kind of thoughts. Red, write that song. <laughs> still trying to kiss my kid's teacher. The homeschooling marriage anthem that our country needs. So Jen gives me a hard time because I don't use terms of endearment with my wife. I will occasionally I'll call her Linz instead of Lindsay. Are, are you a terms of endearment kind of guy? Yeah, I think I just say babe. Babe. Yeah, my hey babe, can we eat meatloaf for dinner and not some like keto <laughs> vegan diet thing? Can we do that? Vegan. And okay. she goes, she calls me honey or ready. Ready. She's like, hey, ready? No, you. You eat gas station food, so for once today, you're going to eat something healthy. Eat a plant. Usually how that conversation goes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, be, I'll, I'll eat a salad. What kind of salad? One covered in ranch. <laughs> that's, that's correct. That is the correct salad. You would fit in here in the Midwest. When I moved here from the East Coast, this whole state is drenched in ranch dressing. And it's glorious. They put ranch on everything. They dip their pizza crust in ranch. They dip... Me too. Yep. You yeah. do? What I is do. up with that? Have you not tried it, Jen? I don't like ranch dressing. Oh, my. I'm hanging up. <laughs> <I'm> up <laughs> it's the end of the interview. <laughs> I put ranch on, like, baked potatoes, oh, yeah. pizza, just about anything. Please tell me you don't put ranch on steak, do you? No, I ketchup. All right. Yeah. Oh, wait! i hanging up. Hang wow. up the phone. Wow. <laughs> Listen, we got a place here in Aiken called Prime, and it's like one of the top-notch steak places. So I go in there, and the chef, like, sees you. And they're like, how was the steak? How was the cup? It was dry-aged and coffee grind or whatever. <laughs> My man's fantastic, but I could really use some ketchup. <gasps> I thought that guy was going to fight me. Yeah. That that does not go over well. He was angered. He should be. <laughs> 
And he never brought me ketchup either. Oh! But here's the kicker that I tell you. The weird food item I do is on spaghetti, I put mustard on it. You just made that up. I've never heard that. That is not true. No, I 100% <laughs> since high school. Just try it. Why? I don't like mustard. I don't what? eat mustard on anything else. And I tried it one time because somebody told me to. Do you put it with the sauce? No, like I put spaghetti on my plate, you know, the noodles and the sauce and the meat, and then I just squirt a bunch of mustard on top and mix it in. That is something else. It is good. You are a strange man. <laughs> you are a strange you know, man that makes good music. I, I, had, I had spaghetti leftovers just yesterday. If we'd had this conversation a day earlier, I would have tried it. Next time you do it, message me and, and be like, my apologies, Rhett, because it's the best thing in the world. <laughs> I promise you that's how it'll go. Did your wife know this about you before she married you? No, she didn't. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't. <laughs> but she didn't know much about me because we dated two months before we got married. No really? way! That's fast! So we've been married for 16 years this year. I was 17 and she was 18, and I'm a pastor's kid, if that paints the picture for you, Annie. Honestly, it was, it was crazy. We found out she was pregnant. You know, you didn't ask for this, but that's where When Mercy Found Me came from. Because as a pastor's kid, I knew enough Jesus to get out of trouble. Mm. You know, I could throw scripture at something. And that moment, I knew there was no throwing scripture or saying the right thing. This was something I had to, to man up and take care of. And so we said, man, we've already made this a mess. So Jesus, here's our lives, whatever you want. Jesus, here's our marriage. We'll mess that up if we're in control and our eyes are on you. And Jesus, here's this new little baby girl. You got to help us raise this girl or we'll mess that up. And so two months we dated and we got married. Now we're 16 years. I'm 33, 34, and we got four. Mm. Four kids, 15, 13, eight, and two. Dude. Wow. Number one, that's a fantastic story because I think God uses the broken people the most. You know, it's really cool to travel around. And get to tell that story because, you know, everybody hasn't been through that, per se, but they've been through trials and they've been through hard times. They've been through them. Oh, my gosh. What am I going to do moments? Yeah. And so to be able to then tell them my story and then after that, go, look, that's a good story. But it has nothing to do with Rhett and April. It has to do with how big of a God we serve that he takes all of our junk. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, even salvation, we don't offer anything. We can bring nothing to the table. So to be able to go like, God looked at Rhett in April, who had tried to mess up things, and he said, you are still worth sending my son to die on the cross. Mm-hmm. Like, being able to tell that story and remind people is, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Nah. Spurgeon has a quote, and he says, I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. I love that so yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about that yesterday, going through hard times. Like, there were scars. I will never be thankful that uh, I lost my cousin a couple years ago. I'll never be thankful that he's not here, but I'm thankful for the empathy God gave me through that. Oh, wow. And it's that kind of weird relationship we have with with our scars and our pain. Rhett, I want to tell you something that Taylor said to me the other day that has literally blown my mind. He realized when he was listening to uh, the song Scars, when Jesus rose from the dead with his glorified body, he kept the scars. Oh, wow. I don't think I've ever thought of No, I haven't either. I've been saved since I was six. I have never thought yeah. about that. Jesus kept the scars on his glorified body. 
God, Taylor Spurgeon over there. <laughs> Taylor Piper. I don't know about that. <laughs> that is so great. You know, we watched uh, American Gospel. Me and my wife did. And oh, yeah. one of the sayings really messed me up. And it's talking about during the hard times or the bad times or the times that bring forth scars. A lot of times us as believers, we go, why does bad things happen to good people? And, you know, my aunt is, uh, uh, she's an angel on earth. Like, the, I don't think she's ever done anything wrong. And she's got Crohn's and lupus. And I'm mm. like, of all people, wow, mm. like of all people. And they say on that film, they're like, people ask all the time, why does bad things happen to good people? In reality, it's why does good things happen to bad people? Because wow. we're owed nothing. But God continues to pour out grace and love. And, I mean, I'm sitting there watching it like, Good Lord, like that is, yes, yeah. I, I am so guilty of thinking that, but man, yeah. all we're owed right now is not eternal life. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I took this, if I, if I took this interview south and. Dude, to, uh, <laughs> no. No, this has been fantastic. This oh. is exactly Taylor and Jen. We'll, yeah. we'll laugh one minute and cry the next. We don't really like to do the whole in the box stuff. Good. I don't know if you know this about me, but I've never kind of been that way. Really? You haven't? (laughs) Taylor was like, okay, we're going to talk to Rhett Walker because I want to, because I think he sounds like he would be fun. That's basically what Taylor said. I'm usually bashful and quiet. (laughs) Dude, Rhett, you are a blast to talk to. We'll have to bring you back on sometime. Put out another song and we'll get you. Yeah. Hey, look, let me know if y'all need to take a break. I got the show for you. Okay. Yeah. You might not have one to come back to, but I'll <laughs> Thank y'all. I Absolutely. think you're great, but I am not trying mustard on my spaghetti. I'm sorry. I'll do it. No. Just one time. Oh, I'll do it. All right. I'll take a bite of his. Well, there's one good Christian out there ready to try it. Thank you. <laughs> this has been the Taylor and Jen Podcast. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.